All right, here we go with the This Week in Golf podcast, and we're going to start off right now with my six takeaways from the Live PGA deal that just happened. It's not an emergency podcast. I do a podcast every Tuesday about golf. It just happens that today we had some news break early this morning, so it's been about, I don't know, six hours or so, letting it all sink in. I have my own opinions, hearing what other people have to say, and I'm giving them to you now. So my six takeaways from that, and just uh, to briefly catch everybody up on what happened, this morning the PGA sent out a memo that said basically they're they're merging the Live Golf, the PGA, the DPT World Tour into, I guess, a new organization. And the primary sponsor of that organization is going to be the PIF. I don't know what that stands for. Basically, it means the people that invested in Live, the Saudi Public Investment Fund. Public Investment Fund. There you go. The Public Investment Fund will be the major sponsor of the new outlet. So basically, they're a major owner or a sub-owner or who knows what. There's more questions than answers right now. But here are my six takeaways on kind of the landscape as it stands right now. What have we learned? The six things we've learned. Uh, First of all, number one, it's all about the money. Make no mistake about it. This deal was about the money. All the people that left, that's why they left. That's why the PGA was having elevated events and bringing more money in. Uh, The PGA was losing sponsors because the sponsors were having to pay more money. Live Golf was not getting the ratings. And let's be honest with ourselves, you, me, everybody else, we have to maximize our potential to make money in this world. And if somebody wants to give us more, we're going to take it. That's it. You know, every corporate job I've ever had, I've been a software engineer and a mobile app developer for the last 20 years. Anytime I wanted to raise, I had to leave the company and go to another company. There was never... Well, maybe I got a raise here and there, but it wasn't significant enough to justify, right? So that's what this is about. That's why a deal was made. It's all about the money. People wanted to make a deal. I think everybody's just a little surprised that it happened when it happened. Number two takeaway of what we've learned. Players don't matter. They simply don't, you know? that I mean, five people. It's like Jay Monahan, another guy from the PGA Tour, This woman, Amanda, I don't know her last name, who brought everybody together, and probably two people from the live side made a deal. Five people determined what was going to happen in golf, worldwide golf, probably somebody from the DPT World Tour. That's it. So, you know, players don't matter. And every player on tour or golf, they're their own entity. You know, yeah, they might be employed or... I guess, contracted to a certain tour or what, however they want to phrase it. But look, everybody's their own entity. So the tour doesn't care about you. Never choose loyalty to an employer. Don't be loyal to an employer. They're not loyal to you. <laughs> I mean, I think that's that's the one thing. You know, everybody's, oh, what about Rory and Tiger and Phil and Greg Norman? 
None of those people were involved in the deal at all. Players don't matter. The former players don't matter. The people with the money are not loyal to you. They're looking for the best deal. Number three thing we've learned. Ego makes people do stupid shit. Say it again. Ego makes people do stupid shit. That's what started this whole thing. That's why people left. That's why they started a different golf league because they thought they could do better or they weren't being paid enough or somebody thought they're not worth enough. You know, it's why it was never settled earlier. Um, there's going to be a lot of talk about who took the money and who didn't. And you made it uh, like Matsuyama made a bad deal by not taking 300 million. His ego, like all this stuff, right? But in the end, cooler heads prevailed. And I'm going to tell you a great story. I heard Dice Clay on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he was talking about how he facilitated getting Guns and Roses back together. And for those who don't know, Dice Clay is probably the most famous comedian of all time in the last 30 years. And he was in Australia doing a show five years ago. And at the the same place he was performing at Slash, the lead guitarist of Guns N' Roses, the greatest band in the, well, Metallica is the greatest band. Uh, The second greatest band, Guns N' Roses, at the height of their career, broke up. And so he sees Slash there and he goes, hey, Slash, what are you doing here? And Slash is warming up on his guitar to play the national anthem for whatever event they're at. And Dice looks at him and he goes, you know, you were the front man of the greatest band in the 80s and 90s. And now you're playing the national anthem at some podunk arena in Australia. Yeah, what are you doing? And he said, well, I couldn't get along with Axel because he was always late to all the shows. And he was like, dude, really? This is why you broke up a band because someone was late or you, you know. <laughs> and so then he went back to Axel and he was talking to Axel and he, um, you know, and, and he sorted it all out. But ego, it makes people do stupid shit. It really does. Number four takeaway is what we've learned. Uh, this is great for golf fans. I mean, let's face it. The PGA Tour has been still great, and the the level of talent, the newer players have came in. I've talked about it a lot on past podcasts, but now, you know, I mean, still, even the other day, I was looking at, like, the top 10 for this year, and it's good, but, like, it could be better, you know, because you just know those guys are out there. Like, if you just knew those were the top 10 people and that was it in the world, you'd be happy with it. You'd say those are great players. But knowing that there's all these other people out there that aren't there, it just dilutes it. So um, that's good. And and I think, you know, when we saw the Masters, when we saw the PGA Championship, and we saw all those players together, we realized, like, how important it was to have the greatest players at the greatest events in the world. And so, you know, and and here's the final one. Golf is going global now. You know, we've combined the DPT World Tour Live the PGA. It'll be interesting to see how things shake out. But golf has really grown a lot through the pandemic. And now after the pandemic, you know, 20, 25 years ago, or the last 25 years, we should say Tiger has been like the growth of the sport. But now with the pandemic and not a lot of new players out there. And with this live thing, it looks like it's going to be going more global now. So that's awesome. Fans win. The fifth thing that we've learned Morality. 
I don't even know what to say about morality. You're going to hear a lot of people talking about sports washing and, you know, this and that. But, you know, your government, every every corporate product you own does business with Saudi Arabia. Our government sells them guns and bombs to kill people. So don't give me this morality BS. That doesn't that doesn't float with me. And the other thing I'll say about morality is or or for the most part is like think about it in football and baseball, which by the way, this is next. Somebody from the PIF is that it? Public Investment Fund. Yeah, PIF, somebody from the PIF is going to buy the Oakland A's or an NFL team or a baseball team. And that really leads to my question to you. Do you really care who owns your team? See, I'm a Niner fan. And Jed York owns the Niners. Now, when I was a kid, Eddie DeBartolo was the owner of the Niners. And we loved him. It was the greatest. But then when Jed came in, everybody was like, oh, God, who cares? I don't care who owns the team. You know, I really don't. It, it does make a difference. I will say that if they're going to spend the money like Joe Lacob does with the Warriors versus the previous owners or these yahoos running the A's who won't spend a dime on anything. You think any, any A's fan would care if, if, if the PIF came in and started spending money on all the players that the A's have developed over the years, how great they could be? I'm just putting it to you. You know, like ownership of your team only matters if they're spending the money. That's it. Because then you're going to win. You're going to get the better players. Let's be real. Six takeaway from this entire thing. And what we have learned is simple. Uh, there's more questions than answers. <laughs> uh, what's going to happen with the world golf ranking system? We've got to get that sorted out. How they're going to go back and forth between the tours and that. The other interesting thing is like there isn't a deal yet. It's just they just put out a memo that we're going to make a deal. So there isn't actually a deal yet. And who knows, maybe the government will get involved and say, which I highly doubt, but they'll say you can't have it'll be a monopoly to own the European, the um, the PGA and live. That's uh, who, who cares. Uh, another thing is Jay Monahan. You know, he made this deal. Obviously, the players are going to be pissed. They had a players-only meeting probably like a half hour ago. So the players are probably upset about that. But it really begs the question if if the, the players don't appear to have much control over the PGA and what happens within the PGA. So, um, you know, maybe there'll be a push that they'll, you know, get more power in the future or have some sort of veto power or some sort of voting power because it doesn't sound like they have any power right now. Sounds like whoever the commissioner is runs the show and I mean, maybe they'll vote him out there, but you know, new boss is the same as the old boss. Don't worry. <laughs> you might think you have somebody better in there, but I'm, that usually doesn't happen that way. Ryder Cup. I think Ryder Cup's in play. I mean, especially for Kepcha. That's a no brainer. Um, live players playing on the Ryder Cup. That deal's open now. You know, whatever the captain's feelings were before, that's out the door. Um, and then the other thing that was interesting with Liv was these these teams that they have in the team game. They were talking about selling basically ownership of those teams. I think there's 14 teams or maybe there's 10. And so selling the ownership of those teams would be a big deal, right? Because before, I, you know, I spoke about it in a previous podcast about it's a good idea. Liv was saying that those teams were going to be in the uh, 
excuse me, the the ownership to buy him was going to be up in the six to seven figures. So, you know, to buy one of the teams and then put a logo on it or um, uh, a sponsorship deal on it, right? And so, but because it was, you know, the PIF and blah, blah, blah. And there was a lot of this this talk that the PGA was talking point was like, you don't want to do deal uh, uh, deal with the, the Saudi government. And so now that the PGA is doing it, they basically have like opened the door that, you know, Pepsi, Gatorade, Nike, whoever can buy these teams and own them or just, you know, a rich billionaire. Yeah. And the and so um, the only other interesting one I had heard about live recently was that they were going to do the teams were actually going to have home courses and potentially have like home and away matches, which I think would be pretty cool. Um that's a good way to do it. Okay. So continuing on, continuamos, as we say in Spanish. Um, Victor Hovland just won the Memorial Jacks tournament. And of course, if we would have done this yesterday, we would have been talking about that all day. But now he got upstaged by Liv. But congratulations to Hovland. They're saying it's his first PGA Tour victory. But in my opinion, that is false because he won the... Hero World Challenge, which is Tigers Tournament, in November. And that's technically this year in the PGA. So in my book, he's won twice now on the PGA Tour. Joins Max Homa, Scotty Scheffler. So he's really having a great year. And he was either second or third at the PGA. He was in the final group at the Masters. So he's having a great year. And just a shout out to Victor. He... um. You know, he wins Tigers Tournament. Now he wins Jack's Tournament, the Memorial. And there was something, you know, at the PGA Championship, he was in it all day long. And, you know, Kepcha obviously played awesome and and just kind of ran away with it. But Hovland was there most of the day. And every time, like, Hovland made a birdie, it looked like Kepcha might get a bogey, but then Kepcha would pull out a par. So, like, Kepcha was able to kind of, like, limit the damage and but Hovland was hanging around and hanging around and then on the 16th hole he hits it in the fairway bunker and he's got a shot out of it It, there's he ends up hitting a ball this high off the ground two inches off the ground out of the bunker he basically blades one out of the bunker and it goes straight forward into the face of the bunker which is not a sand face but a grass face bunker and the ball plugs into the into the um face of the bunker so I guess you know at that point he can try to hit it out of there but it was so deep in there he couldn't so he had to take a he had to take a drop he takes a penalty and ends up getting a bogey and from there it's um it's captures right captcha just doesn't look back so captcha goes up two at that point so unless Hovland birdie birdies and it's that course the PGA championship the two hardest holes doesn't happen captcha wins Hovland Shakes it off. Dude's always got a smile. And uh, I was listening to all the post, post-golf post pressers. And and I actually wrote a piece on it. It's it's written on our blog, on the Golf BPM blog, about um, how he, ha- he has world-class self-talk. World-class self-talk, the way he talks to himself. And what had happened, and I'll give you an example of this. So he's on the 12th hole this weekend at the Memorial. And he just he's just off the green. And he's got this little chip shot. He's maybe like three feet off the green. 
And you just have to chip it barely onto the green and then it'll funnel down to the hole. It's downhill. It's a really tough chip. But he stubs his wedge into the ground and the chip goes a foot. And it just, it ends up not even making it onto the green. And so now he's looking at a bogey. Well, he, he, he can chip in, but he's looking at a bogey. And he, he then um, chips it to about an inch away and taps it in for a bogey. But afterwards, when they talked to him, he said, he goes, well, he said, you know, at least the next chip was an easy tap in bogey. So it could have been a lot worse. That was, that was what he, he said. It could have been a lot worse. I've been in this position before. There's still plenty of time left in the tournament. And these are the things that he was like thinking to himself and talking to himself. So, you know, when you get into a bad situation and I'm horrible at this. I would have not have said those things. I would have said far worse. I'm an idiot, <laughs> right? And so his talk was like, hey, it's okay. There's plenty of time left. And so he goes on to the last six holes. He plays them two under par. And that that's how he wins the tournament, basically. He posts seven under. He's two under for the last six holes. Everybody else, while well, he's like, he he gets into the zone and everybody else is like, staggering home at that point you know they're just like bogey bogey and uh denny mccarthy all he needed to do was par the last hole and he wins the tournament but he bogeyed it and then he ends up in a playoff and hovland wins in the playoffs so congratulations to hovland and just an outstanding performance at the end overcoming errors at the pga not letting that hold them back and then when, when really a disaster hit at the memorial overcoming that. So very much a big congratulations to him. Rose Zhang. Rose Zhang is, uh, well, she's, she's turning into a real Tiger Woods here. Okay, so Rose Zhang, let's just do the math on this. She's won the U.S. Amateur. She just won the NC2A Division I Individual Championship. I am not sure if Stanford won the team event, but she definitely won the individual event. And she won the the Augusta National Women's Amateur, which is, I call the Masters for Women. And then she enters her first pro tournament and won her first pro tournament. So Rose Zhang on the LPGA now. First entry, first win, coming off the U.S. Amateur. This could be huge. This could be huge. Anyways, great. And a congratulations to a great start of her pro career for her. And then finally on on Stanford, since we're talking about it, four players from the Stanford's men, men's golf team have qualified for the U.S. Open. So that is what's happening with the U.S. Open. U.S. Open's in two weeks. This week is the RBC Canadian Open. I believe it's in Toronto. Michael Block is getting a sponsors exemption so hopefully michael can make the cut and make some money you know guy's 46 years old he's had a good run of luck here so hopefully he can do it he did not make the u.s open however he did shoot 66 i believe and 69 in the qualifier 66 and 69 in the qualifier was not good enough for him to qualify for the u.s open i think the the, the leader shot like 63 and 67. Anyways, it's a tough world out there in the world of golf. That's this week in golf. We learned a lot from this live merger. Excited to see what happens moving forward. Hey, it's Jeremy Callahan, and thanks for listening to This Week in Golf. 
Make sure and hit subscribe so you can get all the latest news and analysis from Golf VPN.